your Van Seas Weekly, the home for info and insight on the Vancouver Canadians and all Toronto Blue Jays minor league prospects. Hosted by Greg Ballack and Charlie Caskey. All right, here we go. We're episode 15 of your Van Seas podcast. I'm Greg Ballack and with me, Charlie Caskey. And on the phone, as you can hear, we have a special guest that we're going to bring in right off the top. It's Ewan Ross, or otherwise known as Mentalk on Twitter. How you doing, Ewan? How's it going, guys? We're going to do, uh, just kind of off the cuff, we're going to go through all of the, the transactions from the last couple months from the Toronto Blue Jays, because there's quite a bit to talk about, as you can imagine. Everything's sort of happening. It's quicker than usual, but uh, I guess around this time, a, a couple years ago, we had the, the Jose Reyes huge blockbuster trade. So I guess it's right on schedule for Anthopolis. Yeah, I mean, last year was the outlier. I mean, sort of used to Anthopolis making tons of moves. And, you know, aside from last year, he seems to do this pretty regularly. Yeah, it's always within a week of my birthday. I don't think he just wants to give me a present every year. Uh, this, year this year it was Josh Donaldson. <laughs> well, he, he, I mean, he dropped some hints at the end of the season presser, didn't he, where he said, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the offseason. I think there's going to be some turnover. But, you know, I, I didn't expect this sort of turnover. Obviously, there was moves that had to be made. You knew, you knew Lind was going, but... This has been uh, fantastic. Well, I'm at the point where I just don't trust anything said by the Jays management. So <laughs> when he says that to start the year, I'm like, oh, whatever. Show me and prove prove it to me. And, well, he kind of did. Well, yeah. yeah, well, not only that, but you, you go back. I, I looked through the press conference, you know, the notes on it. And, you know, he talked about Brett Laurie was for sure going to be his third baseman. But maybe if they find another third baseman, he'll move to second. And well, he's, he's gone. <laughs> he moved to Oakland. Yeah, they, they don't see themselves trading any of their starting pitching depth because they know how desperate they uh, they got a couple of years ago when injuries struck them, and, and they need that sort of depth. And then they, they trade three of their, say, rotation <laughs> five through ten spots are gone. So, yeah, you're right. You can't believe anything he says. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'd rather have him lie to me than, and still get things done than, you know, do it the other way around. Well, well, let's start. We're going to go through all the transactions. Let's start uh, going back to early November. Uh, it was actually the 1st of November when Adam Lind was traded to the Milwaukee Brewers straight up for Marco Estrada, which was a bit of a head-scratcher because you're not saving any money because money seems to always be the concern uh, coming into this offseason. But now that they added Donaldson, it's uh, another head-scratcher. But, uh, yeah, Adam Lind for Marco Estrada. What do you guys make of that move? I don't particularly like it. It's pretty much the only move they've made, or the only major move they've made this off season that I, I'm, I'm not crazy about. I, I understand that they wanted to trade Lind because mostly because well, he seemed a bit of a malcontent here, and I don't think they wanted you know a platoon DH on the roster. Mm-hmm. But Marco Estrada doesn't really do much for me. He's he's a guy who's homer prone, and he's going to one of the worst ballparks for him. So, you know, if if he moves back to the bullpen where he had some success last year, I can kind of see it. But I would have just hoped for a little bit more in return for Lynn than than Marco Estrada. Well, we were just talking about pitching depth, and I guess now with the loss of Jay Happ, this sort of makes a little more sense. But I, I think you're right; it's it's a bit of a head scratching move. I don't really. Yeah, I think with the, with the benefit of hindsight, you you think you know was did they have all these balls in the air and, mm-hmm. and know that eventually he was going to have to, he was trading from his pitching depth and he needed to replace it and you know you're not Lind doesn't have a ton of value really at the end of the day um, you know I expected him to get a bit more for him but the market wasn't there obviously I think what they said only two or three teams were even interested so 
It's not like they had a yeah. bidding war on their hands. You're a little limited with your options. With that. My, my bigger concern, though, I, I actually have more of a problem with this now that they've traded all their pitching depth. Because if he was penciled in to be, you know, the the fourth or fifth guy in the bullpen, whatever, he was decent in relief last year and could maybe get back to that. But if he's going to be, I mean, right now I'm seeing some people thinking he's going to be the number five starter. I'm not necessarily agreeing with that, but he's. I don't think he's very good as a starter, and I think he'd be even worse in Rogers Center. So mm-hmm. I would almost rather have just declined the option on Lynn, taken all of those savings, and then dumped them into a player who's better than Marco Estrada. <laughs> I wonder if it's even just an experience thing, because you look at the way this roster is going to shape up. You know, There's a good chance Norris might be in there, Sanchez will be in there, Stroman. A lot of young guys in this rotation and in the bullpen. Maybe he just thought, he, you know, I need to bring in a guy that has experience, even though he's a little homer prone, somebody that has done it before and we can maybe fall back on if some of these kids struggle. I don't, I mean, I think there's still more moves to be made. Obviously, he's, you know, in in just over a month, he's not reshaped the roster, but he's done a lot of... He's blown the damn thing up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, I I don't think he's done, I think... You know, I think part of this, part of moving J.A. Happ was to, to, to give a rotation spot to Aaron Sanchez, but, I, you know, obviously they could use another starter. You can't rely on, you know, Drew Hutchison, Stroman, Sanchez, and Norris to be your, um, you know, effective and, and consistent throughout the course of, for two of them, their first major league seasons, really. Yeah, and that, that, that's what, that, that's the ball. Well, I guess we'll get to it later. That's part of the thing that really surprised me about shipping out some of the young depth, because... I thought a guy like Sean Nolan would have been, you know, I agree with what you're saying about the young guys, but I think if you have three or four of those guys for one spot, you know, one of them is probably going to pan out. So mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Not four of them for three spots. You know, yeah. we, we're, you're relying on three of them doing a lot better than uh, you may have hoped. You know, you want to maybe bring them in a, a little bit more gradually than they're going to have to. That being said... I still think there's there's probably another starter in the works. So who knows? Yeah, and back to back back to Lind. I mean, I I like the fact that they're not going to need you know one spot for your left-handed DH and then you know have to scramble around on the rest of the roster for the right-handed complement to that because it just leaves you so many more options to fill out the back end of your roster. You're not tied to any position. But you still might have that issue because if if. Navarro gets traded like everyone assumes he's going to be. You have Valencia there on the bench who crushes lefties but can't do that great against righties. Uh, And then you have Smoke on the bench who crushes righties but doesn't do that great against lefties. So there's your DH platoon right there. I think Smoke, see, Smoke's a guy, I mean, I guess they they claimed him before before the Lynn trade, so I guess we can kind of back up to that for a second because he's a guy that I'm, you know, he's been a pretty much a chronic disappointment, but He's a guy I'm really excited about because he's he's a switch hitter and he's a good defensive first baseman, which is something we haven't had here since uh, Lyle Overbay, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and and I mean that was a nice piece of business as well to to non-tender him. I mean, obviously they they would have had an agreement in place. I'm sure it wasn't. uh, Let's just non-tender him and see what happens. Um, but and, isn't that you know, kind of a kick in the nuts to the guy? Like, oh, we, we could pay you this much, but we're going to uh, non-tender sure you and pay you it's, less. It's, it's, I think pretty much every <laughs> team in the league was going to non-tender him. He was making three three million bucks for Justin Smoke was pretty yeah. much not going to happen. So if if they go to him and say, look, you know, obviously with the moves we've made, there's a very good chance you're going to get a lot of ABs in a decent park to hit in. Take take the one-year deal for a million bucks and and rebuild your value. 
Yeah. You know, it's a no-brainer for the Jays, and, and I'm sure Smoke thought the same as well, or, or more than likely his agent did. It just kind of sucks that you have that $3 million paycheck in your hands, and then they tear it out right in front of your face. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Craig. We, are we talking about a guy that's making $2 million bucks less? Let's go over the fact that I'm unemployed again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just, just baseball players, it's a different world, I guess. Uh, it is a different world. Poor guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They got to play 80 games on turf and get paid all that money. Oh, and more when they go to Tampa, too. 80 plus games on turf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right. My mistake. Uh, the next move that was made uh, was on the 13th of November. Anthony Ghost to Detroit for Devin Travis, oh. which was a little uh, caught off guard. No one, I guess there were reports that Ghost wasn't as highly regarded in the, in the organization as some people thought he was. Um, so to see him shipped out, uh, now he shares an outfield with Rajai Davis out in Detroit. Oh my God, just chew me now. <laughs> so I, I lied when I said that the Lynn trade was the one I didn't like, because uh, this one doesn't do much for me as well. So hang on, did, did you like the smoke trade though, or smoke pickup? Oh yeah, yeah, I okay. really like the smoke All right, pickup. So one, one. one for three. <clears throat> yeah, um, it, it's not that I'm disappointed that we lost it. A- Anthony Goes. Um, I really don't think he's going to hit all that well. But as a fourth outfielder, I liked him as a, you know, speed defense kind of guy. Um, Devin Travis seems to be a prospect that uh, people are very split on. Um, Baseball America had him as their number one prospect. And I interviewed Mark Anderson on my show, basically when the trade went down. And he said he's seen him 30 to 40 times. And I, I ended the interview asking if he was pretty much Kevin Pillar. And he said he's probably a little worse. <laughs> well, and for those of you that don't know, uh, Ewan wrote a very good article over Blue Jays Plus when this trade went down uh, with all the varying points, scouting scouting reports. Um, and we, we had Chris Mellon on our, our last show, you know, the, the uh, BP scouting guy, and, and he said the same thing. He's probably not going to hit all that much, but if he can hit better than Ryan Goins in this lineup, you can bury him at the bottom, can't you? You can. I, with the way that the offense is looking right now, I, I think I would actually rather prefer Goins, which is just killing me to say. Wow. <laughs> um, because the skin I'll, is I'll, literally I'll crawling. Defense. I'll take the defense instead of a guy who's, you know, all, all the reports, even Baseball America had him as a, you know, a guy who'll get the plays, get to the balls he gets to and make the plays, but range is something that's a bit of a problem. And with Jose Reyes playing next to him, I want some range in my second baseman. Yeah. I think, I'd, you know, and, and going back to Anthony Ghost, and I know this is a narrative that people, some people love to touch, others don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole because there's no way to quantify it. But I think, obviously, you know, Gibbons mentioned at the end of the season and, and Thoughtless touched on it, there was a bit of a clubhouse. I don't know mm. if it's an issue or whatever, but they, you know, like you said, Lind was a bit of a malcontent. Colby Rasmus obviously was. Fred Laurie. Brett Laurie, you know, a lot of people had whispers that Ghost was kind of in that crew of, you know, just a bit lazy maybe, a bit lacking direction, and, and so it wasn't necessarily his skills. You know, Kevin Pillar, not as fast, but, you know, for me, he the guy hustles his ass off, plays the game hard. I'll take that as a fourth outfielder over a guy that sits there just chewing his fingers all game. Well, interestingly, Kevin Pillar was demoted to AAA after he fought with Gibbons halfway through the year. <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean, I can, I, he, he fought because he was pissed off that he wasn't going to get his AB. You know, it wasn't yeah. anything, uh, for me, that's a guy that's passionate, wants to play the game. And I know I'm getting into the territory of, oh, yeah, I, lo- I love the guys that, you know, dirt in their uniform types. But I do. You know, I'm about, the grit I with no you, Charlie. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm part, 
part fan, well, mostly fan, you know, I just, I got into the writing because I love watching, so that's why, you know, when we'll touch on it a bit, but picking up Josh Donaldson, I know Brett Laurie was a dirt on the infield type as well, but. He's also a jackass. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other wow, part. I hope he's not listening. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, next? On well, the, the, well, it, was a, it was a quick turnaround. A lot of people didn't have time to digest <laughs> the ghost uh, trade because less than five days later, it was the signing of Russell Martin, which kind of blew everyone away, which was even more unexpected. Uh, the Canadian coming home or, uh, you know, quickly replacing, uh, well, I guess before that point, we did, we thought Laurie was still on the team, but a yeah. uh, uh, new catcher for the, for the Blue Jays. And I mean, he's, he's awesome. Um, my my co-host on my show, Chris Sherwin, is over the moon and wrote a really great article showing just how great defensively he actually is. Which has mm-hmm. two. There's two bunt plays in Chris's article that are just oh oh yeah. I read that. I read that article and he he put the not gifs. He put the video. Is it gifs or gifs? I GIFs. say gifs. Yeah, we can we can fight about this if we want. Yeah, we could. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. The the article you're mentioning was was fantastic. And that one bunt. Well, both of them were fantastic. Yeah, um, and it's a concern to me when you're signing a guy who's 32 coming off a career year to a five-year contract. Uh, I don't think we should expect him to have a 400 on-base percentage next year. Mm. Um, As a result, I would not be very confident in hitting him in the number two hole. And I'm also a little worried about this contract going forward, you know, five years down the line. But for right now, with... You know, the young pitchers that we just mentioned earlier, this is the perfect guy. And, you know, looking at the pathetic catching that the Jays have had essentially since Ernie Witt retired, you know, Russell Martin's got a chance to be the second best catcher in Jays history just by being adequate. <laughs> just by putting the uniform on. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I don't want to rain on anyone's parade, but is there any concern over his age and the length of this contract? Obviously, they don't expect the production in the last half of that contract, but it, catchers, it's a hard position, and, and they do fall off quite a bit. I know some, some catchers have hung around for a while, like Jason Kendall, but you know, is there any concern that he's going to drop off? And the, even the couple of years prior, he had a, a couple off seasons I think he hit 218 one year, and it was just... Yeah, but those were... I think he was carrying some injuries those years as well. Yeah. Not, not to make excuses, but... But is there is there a concern for you guys? Do you, like, what, what if he comes out of the gate and he's not what we expect him to be? Well, you mentioning Jason Kendall uh, scares <laughs> the crap out of me. Uh, he's a guy who you know was on a borderline Hall of Fame track when he was in Pittsburgh and then stuck around forever, yeah. but was you know absolute, absolutely terrible. <laughs> Um, this kind of leads me into Dionne Navarro because, you know, looking at, you know, after watching the Royals in the playoffs all last year, and I would say the best player on that Royals team is Salvador Perez, but you wouldn't have known it in the playoffs because mm-hmm. they ground him into the, into the dirt by playing him every day. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why if, it's, if I'm me and he, if he's okay with being, you know, a two times a week and then maybe some DH at-bats, I would definitely hang on to Navarro so that you don't kill Martin by overworking him. Mm-hmm. You're not running Josh Tolley out there every... Oh, God, every so please, no. <laughs> well, I think for me, and you and you touched on this, Ewan, I mean, I'm not worried about the length of the contract or the fact that it's backloaded for $20 bucks a season in the last two or three years, whatever it is. You know, for me, you know, Aaron Sanchez and and Sherwin mentioned it as his, his article, and I'm sure you agree, Ewan, that... You know, the, when you look at the stats, it's not pitch framing, it's pitch stealing or whatever they call it. 
most of his work is done at the bottom of the zone, which mm-hmm. is where Sanchez with his sinking fastball and even Norris and and then the guys that are going to come up over the next few years with Jeff Hoffman, Roberto Asuno, that you know he's going to be here and he's going to be working with all those kids and he's going to be the guy that's that's stealing them pitches at the bottom of the zone, whereas Navarro, and again, Sherwin's excellent article mentions this, starts with a high glove and, and moves down. So that was his, you know, the worst part portion of his game. So, you know, athletically, you, you read all these articles, how he's a brilliant athlete, he, he keeps himself in, in great shape. He can play shortstop. He can play <laughs> shortstop, exactly, for Team Canada. Um, you know, so I'm not as worried about... As other, you know, and it's not my money. You know, I'm 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 happy that Rogers are out there spending money and and, and doing this these sorts of moves because, you know, a lot a lot of the negative I heard on Twitter and and through feedback to to me was that you know we already had a decent catcher. Well, as not really. as you and pointed out, we didn't. Um, he had a, a mediocre year with the bat, which He's papered adequate. over the fact that, you know, everybody we were so used to JPA that you know it, was, it seemed like a, a huge <laughs> year from a catcher, but it, it wasn't really. And so I mean. It was it was perfectly adequate, but adequate's not going to win you a World Series. Right. We've just picked up a top three, maybe top five, if you're being negative catcher in the game. You know? Yeah, I um, I, I totally agree. And you know, by backloading that contract, a they've saved themselves some room to make some other moves. But by the time he's getting paid that twenty million that you talked about, Mark Burley's not on the on the contracts anymore. There um, is. You know, Reyes is still under contract because, you know, God, we need him for another seven yeah. years or whatever. But, you know, Bautista and Encarnacion, they're going to have room. Dickey's gone, things like that. So, you know, push it back. We'll deal with that when we, when we deal with it. For now, we've got the best catcher we've had in 25 yeah. years. And, again, going to the clubhouse narrative, he, he is a renowned leader. Everything you read about him is, is plus plus as far as his makeup. So, again, I think this was part of that whole, you know, mission to to mm-hmm. kind of overhaul the makeup of the clubhouse well this podcast won't be very entertaining if we keep agreeing with each other so <laughs> so here's one that might you know we, we might have some disagreement on the blue jays lose juan francisco to waivers oh i know that i think we yeah. all agree with that one. <laughs> he is uh since been released by the red sox after being claimed um so that was a short-lived experiment on their part um but I guess that's not a huge loss for the Blue Jays. I'm gonna miss. <laughs> I'm gonna miss the Fat Juan namesake. <laughs> the hashtag. Yeah. Oh, but the third base defense is what we're really gonna miss. Oh uh, yeah. You know, who did? Who? Which? I was reading an article somewhere where they like, oh, Juan Francisco has one foot of range, and he literally took one step to his left and went right <laughs> under his glove. And was like, yeah, that's funny stuff, actually. All right. Well, well, the next the next transaction is the big one. Obviously, the the trade for Josh Donaldson, uh, getting rid of Sean Nolan, Brett Laurie, Kendall Graveman, and Franklin Barreto, all in one deal. That's a, a big price to pay, but they they get probably the best third baseman now, uh, if not second best, next to Evan Longoria uh, in the American League. Yeah, I'll start with Charlie on this one because Barreto's <laughs> his boy. So. Well. It's funeral time, Charlie. You know what? When I when I heard the deal, I was actually playing hockey, and someone someone texted it to me, and it was just a, a state of shock. I mean, I loved Bretto, obviously. Well, I've I've spoken about him on this podcast and written about him numerous times. I th- I think his bat is going to play. There's no doubt about it. I don't think he'll be a shortstop, but whether it's at second or in the outfield, his bat is going to play. It's, the ball just sounded different than anybody else coming off coming off his bat. Now, for me. Josh Donaldson's a great player, and to get someone like him, you got to give something up. And the Jays like their starting pitching depth. You know, Nolan and Graveman, I like both those guys as well. 
but we had a bit of depth at the position. And in the lower minor leagues, we've got a bit of depth at, at shortstop with Dawa Lugo and, and Richard Urena. So obviously, Bredo's the best of, of that triumvirate. He's also not a shortstop, though. But yeah, he's, he's not a shortstop. So, you know, yeah, you're, you're giving up. And, and this is what kind of, you know, like, uh, I don't know, I saw a tweet from the Vancouver Canadians. Uh, I think Rob Fay wrote an article, is, is Bredo the steal of the deal? And, and Bernie Pleskoff wrote something similar. And, and I think. Over at Fangraphs, Kylie McDaniel did the same thing. Well, the A's are hoping so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if he turns out to be a great player, fine. You know, that's it's worked out well for both teams. I'm not going to look at this as a win loss trade. I think Josh Donaldson for the next four years is going to be a fabulous player for the Toronto Blue Jays. So if if Sean Nolan and Kendall Graveman turn out to be good starters in that humongous cavernous coliseum, which they perfectly well could be, Brett Laurie's injury problems go away. You know, by playing on grass every day. Um, <laughs> Magically, uh, they go. Away. Yeah, you know, it, it's going to be a win-win for both teams. I'm, I'm, I, I think it's a great trade. I'm, I'm absolutely ecstatic about this trade. Right. Um, I mean, Sean Nolan is a guy that I've been really high on and really didn't want the Jays to trade because I didn't think his profile was going to be all that attractive in a trade, and we would probably provide more value to the team. But I mean, he's a guy who's probably going to be a number four or number five starter. Mm-hmm. If that's what we have to give up, no big deal. Kendall Graveman, he's a guy who jumped, you know, four levels last year, but he's the same type of thing. I mean, probably a swingman, maybe a number five starter, pretty much nothing. Just a ground ball machine, though. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Which is nice to see in a a stadium like Rogers Center when now we have Estrada and Dickey giving up the long ball. Yeah. (laughs) But... But then you go to Barreto, and well, I'm I love Barreto. He's you know uh, we had I saw Chris King saying, uh, baseball prospectus scout, that he's got you know maybe the one or the first or second best hit tool in the minors. But he's 19. He's never played above a ball. You know, those are the kind of guys that I'm willing to give up. And then, frankly, good riddance to Brett Laurie. Uh, He's just such a d bag that I don't want, I don't really want to cheer for a guy like that all that often. So you get Josh Donaldson. He's amazing defensively. If uh, his arm's a bit shaky, but his range is great, and he comes in well on the ball. And the Jays now have the best collection of right-handed power in the league. Um, I'll take it. Yeah, and, and you know you you read so much these days where you know. It, it, it's the age of, of pitching and, and teams, you know, I don't know if we could say that Anthopolis is ahead of the curve, but Boston are doing a similar thing where they're, you know, they realize that offense is down and, and possibly to win, they need to have offense. And right-handed power mm-hmm. is such a rare commodity these days to have three of, I don't know, I'm off the top of my head, three of the top five, six right-handed power hitters in the game in the middle of your order. That's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> the one thing that I would say about Donaldson is... Um, Looking at the defensive metrics and how they, they really, really like him, I'm slightly concerned that those numbers are being juiced up by the fact that he has you know, multiple area codes that he can run to in foul ground in, mm-hmm. in Oakland. So I'm wondering if that will you know, sort of stabilize a little bit. And I read an article on Fangraphs last week about how you know, he's one of the, one of the most throwing errors um, you know, of the past 20 years. So there are some defensive concerns, especially when you compare him to Laurie, because Laurie's probably just as good 
um, according to the metrics, but he hits he hits gobs and gobs of home runs in in, in that ballpark. What's he going to do in Rogers Center, mm-hmm. especially when he's got you know Encarnacion and Bautista hitting around him? He's never yeah. had protection like that in Oakland. Well, and doesn't the Rogers Center have the second biggest foul territory aside from Oakland? Wouldn't surprise me, given the multi-purpose yeah, nature. It's exactly. not close to what Oakland is. No, no. <laughs> but you know, like, uh, maybe the metrics won't normalize as much yeah. as you think. But I mean, that's a small concern for me. All I'm concerned about is. I think Donaldson and, and never trust a player, but he said he hit 15 balls that he thought were definitely out that didn't go out of Oakland, which you would think in in the Rogers Center, you know, they're going to go out, especially for a right-handed hitter. Yeah. I saw a study looking at the same thing, um, and yeah, it was actually fairly accurate his recollection. And the other factor is he is he seems like just a fantastic guy given his Twitter feed and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, and instead of someone who's you know, seemingly making fun of everything, who's not a bro. <laughs> I will take Josh Donaldson any day. Well, and again, I mean, I know I'm hammering this this one to depth, but clubhouse, 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 clubhouse. clubhouse you know, they've they've they've, re- they've remade the clubhouse. They they totally have. It's such a shame, though. Right, right when Red Bull was about to sign that big deal with the Blue Jays to to advertise, you know, it's they just get rid of their spokesperson. One, one of the huh? best one of the best quotes <laughs> I saw was. They were uh, some some guy at Red Bull is asking why they don't sponsor Brad Laurie and say why sponsor him when you're getting all the same things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is absolutely correct. Well, the the other thing with the Laurie trade is you know there was a period there was a period of time when he we had three Canadians on the team and you know they fixed that pretty quick. <laughs> they they fixed that too sweet. Yes, they did. Uh, in your wildest imagination coming into this offseason, would you have imagined that Brett Laurie could have been traded? And not not even to bring in Josh Donaldson, but just that we could get rid of Brett Laurie in the first place. Yes, I did, frankly. You were thinking that? I, it, it was a surprise, but, you know, uh, given all the clubhouse things that they rumbled about before this trade... I've always thought that Brett Laurie was kind of a, you know, a guy who is high maintenance at the very least for your manager to deal with. Well, and you know, take, taking that out of the equation, he hasn't been very good. You know, obviously he's, he's had he's had trouble staying on the field. But aside from that that rookie season or first taste of the big leagues when he slugged over five hundred, he hasn't been very good. And you look at his swing; it's all hand, well, all hands and arms. He doesn't unlock his hips at all, and I know he's talking about, I'm doing yoga, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Shut up. You know, if you've had three seasons in majors and you can't swing with your hips, I'll be very surprised if you all of a sudden learn how to. Well, the other thing is, is that his injuries aren't, you know, fluke. They are fluke injuries, but they come from him playing like a lunatic. Yeah. You know, like, just <laughs> settle down a little bit. Play at like ninety five percent instead of one hundred and forty percent, and maybe you won't get hurt so much. So, yeah, I mean, he's still a huge risk. And with Donaldson, you get an extra year of control. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe that when they're they're four. He's four years older than, and then I read that yeah, he's got an extra year of control. He's a super two, so they're yeah. both in the first year of arbitration. But yeah, we get the extra year. I'm stoked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stoked too. <laughs> What's a, next? It's a nice deal on a lot of levels. I, I think it's a great deal. Like yeah. like you and said, I I didn't mention it when I was running down Barreto. He's he, he's I don't even think he's 19 yet. He's still 18. I think he turns 19 in February. So lots you, of things can go wrong. Yeah, exactly. You know, he he's a lottery pick. I think he's a he's a great lottery pick for the the A's or 
whoever ends up getting him, I, I could see Billy Bean flipping him again. Well, I don't uh, know what's going on in Oakland. I mean, that, uh, that would take an entire other podcast. I mean, they <laughs> trade Addison Russell for basically a year of Jeff Samardra and then blow it all back up. They, like signed, trading Samardra, so. they signed Billy Butler. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's going on? I don't get it. No. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say something else, but now I forget. What, what was the? Uh, yeah, I saw the headline. Is this the end of Moneyball? You know, with all the moves that he's made. But that's just lazy analysis. I mean, uh, Moneyball's uh, moved on to other teams, <laughs> frankly. But I mean, can you ever doubt Billy Bean? What he's done with that team in the twenty odd years that he's been there? You know, like yep. it's, he. I guess you can. You can question stuff, obviously, but. You know, for this trade, like, oh, why, why give up your MVP caliber third baseman? He, he's done stuff like this before, and it's worked out. Obviously, the Lester and, like you said, the Samarja and Hamill deal didn't really look great, but I don't know. Now, is there some concern? I, I, I like to rain on the parades, I guess, today because I did the same thing with Martin, but is there a bit of concern with Donaldson? Because, what, he's had, he took a lot of time to develop. He's had, what, two, maybe three really good seasons in his career, and he's already... Encroaching on uh, like he's 28 on 30. Or 29. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if he was signed to a long term contract, I would think maybe yes. But you're at the point where you can go year by year with him, just take him to arbitration every year. I would definitely not sign him to a long term deal. And, you know, he might regress a little bit, but he's no, he's certainly no higher risk than Brett Laurie is. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. And he hits gobs and gobs of home runs. <laughs> yes. Well, you got to hope that Dingers. continues. Yeah. <laughs> Chicks love the long ball. <laughs> All right. Well, the next the next few moves were, were sort of uh, bench moves, if you want to say. Andy Dirks, John Mabry Jr., and jo- Justin Smoke were all technically released from their from their deals and were, were non-tendered. Uh, Smoke eventually came back and, and did sign that contract. Um, but Mayberry Jr. and Dirks, Dirks was slotted in maybe in, that, in the mix for left field with Pilar. And and Ugh. since since Cabrera's not coming back, and now he's not even in the organization. Well, I mean, to me, Andy Dirks was a complete flyer. He didn't play a game last year uh, with, I think, nerve problems in his back and wasn't on their playoff roster, wasn't even seemingly on the radar. So I was not surprised. I was surprised when they claimed him, um, not surprised to see him go. Uh, in terms of Mayberry, it wouldn't surprise me to see Mayberry come back on a similar contract to what they did with uh, Smoke. Because while they've patched over left field since then, um, they could still use a right-handed bat to you know fill out their fill out their bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he played a bit of first last year. He played a bit of left. I can see you know him providing the the other side of the plate to to Smoke and Saunders for both those positions. And I think I've read the same thing. I've read rumblings that he may very well come back as well. And. Charlie just spoiled the last move that we have to talk about, and that was uh, Saunders coming in. I think in. people know about it. Despite my tweet yesterday, which got everybody... Wait, really? You didn't know that J.A. Happ got traded for Michael just, Saunders? He lost all credibility yeah. as soon as he tweeted that, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't it wasn't that much to lose, though, was it? In case you didn't know. They added another Canadian. They, they, yeah. they were briefly only yeah. had three Canadians slotted to start, <laughs> and there was only two, and now they're back to three. Yeah. Yes. That's the magic number for Anthopolis. It's all um, part of the plan. The interesting thing about Saunders, so yeah, they traded half for Saunders. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about Saunders is while uh, the Jays seemingly were getting rid of all their clubhouse concerns, the Mariners were doing what they do, which is shit-talk a player uh, for about a year and a half, <laughs> kill his value, and then dump him for absolutely nothing. They've, <laughs> they've done it for years. 
Uh, they did it with Casper Wells. They've done it with, you know, just a bunch of guys. And the, the, the thing I like most about this trade is that you're dealing with a team that I think is one of the dumbest in the league. And anytime you can do that, this is, you know, they went from dealing with Billy Bean, probably the smartest guy in the league or up there, to dealing with Jack Sorensic, who somehow still has a job. Um, didn't he, he re-upped last year. Yeah, uh, they they said, hey, you want you want two hundred million dollars to sign Robinson Cano, and then they like here take our money and then take a long term contract as well. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, you know, Saunders was definitely on his way out of Seattle. He can't stay healthy, which is a concern because you know turf, which I think we've brought up a couple times already. But you know, he's Canadian, which is great, and he's you know. Uh, an adequate player that you're never really going to need to worry about when he's on the field. He's not great, but he's better than, you know, Kevin Pillar. You still need a backup plan, though, with, with Saunders in place. You do. You do. Um, the the other thing that I like about this deal is I was worried when they traded Ghost away that there was no safety net at all for Dalton Pompey, who... Uh, is slotted to be our starting center fielder, and while... All the prospect reports I've read on him are very positive. You know, we've seen numerous prospects, you know, have lots of great reports and then get to the majors and then struggle. You know, hello, Travis Snyder. (laughs) Um, And as it was, they didn't have, I mean, Kevin Pillar was the only halfway center fielder on the roster. And Saunders is a very capable center fielder. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got that. You've got the fact that. You know, he's, he saves money on J.A. Hab. You know, he's basically making the same money over two years that Hab's making in one. But then you got to look at the, the spread between him and what, what Melchior eventually signed for. You know, I know Steamer's predicting Saunders will actually be, be better than, than Melchior. You know, but next year you take that out of the equation because uh, prediction systems, who knows. Zips is doing the same, though. So when you're... Yeah. Uh when you're seeing similar stuff from multiple of them, I'm more inclined to agree. Yeah, so you're you're looking at a player that you know is is hopefully on par with Cabrera at what twelve million less over over two seasons. Whereas Cabrera's, <laughs> I think he, he's, I read somewhere that he wants to sign for five. It's just crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, well, the one thing you mentioned about saving money against Hap, there was reports yesterday out of the guys in Seattle that the Jays are kicking in money to offset the difference, which struck me as really strange, not because they would be doing that, because hey, the trade makes a little more sense if you do that. But normally those type of reports come out when the trade is confirmed, and the trade's been confirmed for almost a week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was weird. Well, and we were talking about on Twitter, anything over a million bucks needs to go through the commissioner's office. So surely we would have heard something if it's the $3 million to to cover the, co- the difference in the cost of the contract. So, yeah. Very, very odd. But I love this trade. <laughs> so what's the tally at? Well, I, I think we agreed on every single one of them. We so agreed, but most of them we agreed that they're good. Yeah. You know, basically it's the Devin Travis trade that, you know, is a, is a low wattage move at this point. Right. Uh, and, you know, for all, the, for all the negative things I said about him, he's only got to be better than Ryan Goins to be an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. But the um, offseason's not over yet. You don't even know who else could be in the mix. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. The well, let's let's touch on that. Is what what do we think is what do we think is coming? What do we think is left to do? Well, who's out there for second base? That that could be well, possible. I, you know what? I don't think a second baseman is coming. I, if, no? 
I think, think so there's either. possibly a starter on the way, and then I mean, obviously he has to fill out the the bullpen, and yeah, you know, what, what I don't know who I was reading the other day, but someone said, you know. If, if Casey Jensen wants to be a closer, there's no other team that's going to slot him in that role. So there's a good chance Especially he actually... Especially the way he finished last year. Yeah. Here's the problem, though, is we've been talking about clubhouse stuff, and I think Jensen was probably the poster boy for a guy who was... I mean, his exit interview was, like, basically burning the burning the house down. <laughs> burning way out. every bridge on the way out. Yeah. Oh, can I come back and close for you now? I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't. I don't see a starter coming in. I've seen a lot of talk about this. Um, I don't. I think they they shipped Hap out. Oh, aside from to get Saunders, I think they want Aaron Sanchez to be in the rotation. And they've got you know while I'm down on Estrada, they've got him as a fallback plan, and then they've got Daniel Norris waiting probably till you know June until he's ready to go. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, whether it's probably not a frontline starter because, you know, obviously Burley and Dickey are not frontline starters anymore or, or or a bit more depth. I mean, I, I saw a tweet the other day that had Jeff Francis as kind of our eighth starter, <laughs> which doesn't strike me I, as... I glazed over that. that transaction. I didn't think that would be worth yeah. talking about. The other, the other <laughs> transaction that we might want to touch on is Liam Hendricks coming back because this yeah. is the one that I frankly didn't understand at all. Because who did they um, give up to? It was Santiago Nessie. That Santiago day, Nessie, yeah. who'd had a couple of bad years, and seemingly they traded him because they were worried they were going to lose him in the Rule 5 draft. But he was eligible for that last year, didn't get taken, was bad this year, so I can't see him getting taken. And they gave him up for a guy who has no options remaining. <laughs> and uh, Well, yeah, they must have been just completely down on Nessie and, and yeah. thought he had no future whatsoever, so get well, a bit I'm of depth. down on Liam Hendricks because <laughs> I think he sucks and doesn't have any options left, so he's either got to make the team out of spring training, which, God help us, or we're going to lose him on waivers. So that's the one yeah, thing I don't get. No, you're right. Then So they basically gave up Nessie for nothing. Yep. Um, <laughs> which, you know, he hasn't been good the last couple of years. He was yeah. terrible this Not year. Not the end of the world. Not it's like losing world. somebody on waivers. Yeah, the same and thing. Same thing, and, <sighs> and you've just signed Russell Martin for five years, and, and the hope is, obviously, that Max Pentecost is kind of knocking on the door. I know... You know, he's going to miss, I think, the bulk of this season with the uh, the labrum surgery he had. Have uh, you guys found out if this is throwing shoulder or non-throwing shoulder? I haven't, no. I, I, know, can't, I know you were you were asking around trying to find out. It's not available, um, which tells me it's his throwing shoulder. Yeah, that, that would be your best guess if they're, if they're trying to hide it that much. Uh, maybe he's minimum Pentecost instead of Max. <laughs> now, am I crazy for wanting... I know, I know his ceiling is much higher, but Aaron Sanchez, am I, am I crazy for wanting to yes, see him as a closer? you are crazy. I'm crazy? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the value he, would, he could provide as a starter is dwarfs what he would do in the bullpen. And, I mean, I know, was, it your art, was it your site, Ewan, that kind of wrote that maybe as a 100... Super reliever type. Yeah, 130-inning yeah, type guy. Yep. You know, but whether, I mean... Super like, reliever. Like, like Greg that. said, to, to do that... You're not going to close, so you'd have people screaming, especially if the the closing position struggled. You know to put him back in that role. In he would which, just be so lights out, though. But if he was back there. You know, as a starter, he provides all this value, and I mean, you know, if he only throws seven innings this year, you're you're holding him back developmentally for another year. Um, it's not unprecedented, though. You see it all across the league. I think they they introduced him last year. They're going to work this off season and into uh, spring training on his breaking balls because. Near the end of the year, he wasn't throwing them at all. He was a fastball guy. 
Um, and I, I think he's going to be your fifth starter. I mean, he's end up, he's, you know, if, if we're being bullish on him, he's going to end up being your probably your second or third best starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what I don't want to see, I, I'm, I'm torn on this because while, yeah, I don't want him in the bullpen because he's got so much more value as a starter, you his, need lack a of a, his lack of a third pitch is concerning to me. His changeup is it's the weakest pitch he has. So his profile could work better out of the bullpen, but what I really don't want to see is I don't want to see them yo-yo him around, go from starting to relieving and back and forth, because I think it's a recipe to get hurt. You saw it with Neptali Feliz, you saw it with Jabba Chamberlain, you know, many other guys. Pick something and go with it until he can't do it anymore. So I think, you know, try him as your fifth starter, if he flops, maybe you move him back to the bullpen, but I think you want the, the depth there. Um, and John Steelson, there's your closer. <laughs> yep. oh, you, uh, you and you, you probably pay more attention to the rest of the league than I do. Um, have, you, have you heard anything about Brandon Morrow and where he may land? No, I haven't heard a damn thing. Basically, there's been no rumors on starting pitching at all. Um, it's, it's weird. There's, you know, other than Lester bouncing around, um, haven't heard a thing on San, uh, on Scherzer. Haven't heard a thing on uh, Irvin Santana. I was yeah. also thinking about McGowan as well because he's he elected free agency from the Jays. I don't know if uh, are they even yeah, thinking about bringing him back or are they. I don't, I don't even know. So. I think they want. Uh, to me, they spent so much time with him though. Bringing him back, how many times they resurrected from the dead twice. And and now they they just let him walk. Yeah, um, I, I think they want to rebuild that bullpen with new guys. So, yeah. and if there's one thing that you can patch over in an off season, it should be the bullpen. You know, <laughs> a good way to predict who's going to be better next year is you look who had the worst bullpen in the league, and you just say, hey, they're going to be five wins better. <laughs> so who's out there then? What are what are some options? As, you Jason Greeley is the guy that I'm sort of looking at. Uh, Sergio Romo's out there. Um, I don't like it. ever since the fight with Canada. Uh, Sergio <laughs> Romo's the bad Sergio, taste in my mouth. Yeah, um, <laughs> he also can't get left-handed pitches out, um, which is the the thing. The Jays have two quality left-handed relievers. It's basically all they have in their bullpen in Cecil and Loop, yeah. and then they need some righties. So, what Delabar? Delabar is probably going to be in the bullpen. I mean, he's yeah. he's back. Uh, we'll we'll see if he's recovered from blowing up last year. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You hope you hope someone like that can uh, resurrect his career. Even I, closer talk, possibly. I, uh, not to start the year. No, I mean, I, he was so bad last year. I don't think you can you can uh, rely on him. But it's a whole different conversation if we had this last. Year at the same time, even though, oh yeah, Delabar, sure. Well, Sergio Santos would have been oh. in the talk for yeah. closer as well. <laughs> Santos, I was just going to say that you know the, we're talking about the bullpen, but you know who could have predicted that last year that yeah. it just blew up internally like it did? You know, Jansen coming back from the Dominican with lost all the weight wasn't effective. Santos couldn't throw strikes. Delabar, you know, it was, it was terrible. Well, the, the same thing. I mean, what I said about predicting the team who are going to bounce back from having bad bullpens, the Jays had a great bullpen the year before, and shockingly, relievers are not reliable. <laughs> That's why they're not starters. Exactly. <laughs> Small sample size. It's good to have yeah. depth in that, in that regard, and 
Well, I think the, the even just looking at the the baseball prospectus top ten, you see the young pitchers coming up, and and you know I, I would I'd be more inclined to just try some of those young guys out. You know, bring them up and see what they can do. And if you have to use them to fill out your your bullpen depth, so be it. The problem is those guys are not those guys even aren't ready to relieve yet. I don't think. Yeah, I, think I mean, they're I think, all. You look at the ages on those guys; they're all 1994 and 1995 birthdays, which a makes me feel really damn old. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there, uh, I could see a guy like Miguel Castro sort of being fast-tracked yeah. that way, but um, the other guys, I, you know, just tough it out. I think, yeah, it's funny, I've, you mentioned Castro, I've seen Anthopoulos mention him about four or five times in interviews so far this offseason, and it's just, that's a bit fishy that yeah. he keeps name-checking Castro. Uh, you know, I thought he'd be in, he'd have been dealt already just because of that. You know, he's well. He's, didn't he already say in an interview that he he expects Castro to at least be a September call up? Yeah, this year. That, that, well, I think that's crazy. He said that Barreto probably would have been a September call up as well. So I think <laughs> that's kind of that's nuts. I mean, yeah. you're saying you're saying that about guys who haven't even played the Florida State League yeah. yet. A 19 year old is going to be called up. Yeah, when I mean, just wait, wait to wait to crush some expectations on the kid. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think if we if we have this exact same conversation next year, we'll we'll be talking about yeah Castro, you know some of those other guys for sure possibly being in the mix. But like like you and said, it's just a it's a year too soon for them. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean there's nobody really else. I mean I know Tyler Yabara was added to the to the forty man, which I was a, a little bit surprised about. When he was uh, not added to the forty man. Or he was protected. Was he? Yeah. I thought Ryan Tapero was protected. Am I, have I got that totally wrong? Yeah, I think so. Was that my one brain freeze of the day? <laughs> yeah, I think Ibarra is one. not protected, and I'm, I was surprised by that. I mean, I might be wrong here. No, it could be. A, it could have been Tapera. I, I, I was surprised that it wasn't Andy Burns, but I think from I've heard some whispers that there's some there's some uh, clubhouse issues with him. Yeah, I don't think he's very good either. Well, and the fact that he's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. That's uh, we've we've gone through all the moves and what has been a a very very good off season thus far and and now we're going into the winter meetings so yeah we're not even at the winter meetings yeah exactly <laughs> it's still just the first week of December that's insane that you think about all the stuff we just run through and we just got ten more moves to make guys come yeah. on yeah <laughs> the fact that we're even talking like any of this lineup is solidified he's going to get Barreto back <laughs> yeah. he'd be dealt three more times straight up then. for Dwight yeah. Smith Jr. <laughs> Well, um, our future second that's baseman. That's last interesting guy because Dwight Smith Jr. He they were testing him out at second base in the Arizona Fall League, yeah. and you know he's a guy who's going to be in Double A next year. If he can handle seconds, you know maybe you fast track him because I don't yeah. think that bat he has is going to be all that dynamic in the outfield. <laughs> no, well, and his arm doesn't really play in the outfield either. But yeah, it's like we said, we we had Chris Mellon on the last show, and he they have him. BP has him as on the rise. Um, just so, just outside of their top ten, which I was very surprised about because everything I'd heard about him is not really a, a lot of tools or loud tools. They should just call everyone up. Alfred, put him in the on the bench. Bring up, bring up Smorl for the bullpen. Just bring up all the prospects. I think that's what they should do. I think Alfred's going to be a very interesting <laughs> case this year. I was. I'm, I'm waiting to hear your Chris Mellon interview and hopefully our interview as well. <laughs> but um, someone's a little I, jealous. I want to know about. I want to know about Alfred because I was actually. I was thinking he might crack that top ten, and I'm surprised Smorl was behind guys like Laborde and uh, Toronto. Well, I can give you a little teaser. We talked about all those guys bar Alfred. 
We talked okay, a little bit about Alfred. Alfred. Yeah, Very a little briefly. bit, but we um we didn't touch on him as much as I wanted. Well, to. there we go. Then you go go listen to our interview with him, which <laughs> hopefully should be up by the by the time this is up. So. You, can, you can you can focus on that. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's it was a tough one to say because nobody's really seen him have have abs. You know, he's he uh he's a black box. Yeah, you know, BP wouldn't have seen him when he when he was in Bluefield for that short time. So I guess Jeff Moore and, and Chris King would have seen him down in the GCL. But we're talking twenty five, thirty ABs, aren't we? I've, I've I don't think uh, Jeff Moore or Chris King has seen him. Oh, there you go. So. Uh, Mark Anderson, who we talked to, has seen him once. So I mean, yeah. it's just ridiculous. The guy's been a pro for four years, and then he he leaves Ole Miss when they're you know have a chance to win the SEC. Yeah. Uh, they fell short, but it's weird. You play football until your team's finally good, and then you don't, eh, I don't feel like playing football anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, we had him on the show, and, uh, you know, he, he, I, don't, I, I, I didn't really get, uh, I wanted an answer as to why he left at, his, at the time, but he didn't really give us that definitive yeah. answer, did he? But, Couldn't weasel it out of him. Um, and he wanted ABs, and he's getting them down in Australia, and I've, I've been frantically trying to get a hold of the Canberra Cavalry just so anybody would give me a call and, and kind of... I've been doing the same. Yeah, and I've been getting nothing. I don't know how you've been doing. Nothing. Um, but it's like I send emails into a, a black hole. Kind of like when I send my resume out these days. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the one thing that's really cool about him playing in Australia, as well as the other guys who are down there, non-prospects as they, as they might be, is that um, it gives me an opportunity to watch Australian League Baseball on YouTube, and they have maybe the greatest color commentators in the world. Oh, really? I haven't been watching it. Someone tweeted me last night, have you been following this? I was obviously not as much as I should be. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, I, I, I don't think the league is very good. I mean, given that double-A catcher Jack Murphy was the MVP of the league last year. But um, the commentators are just gold. It's like watching British soccer commentators <laughs> call baseball with all their weird colloquialisms. and yeah. Well, there was a World Championships last year I was watching, and for some reason all the YouTube clips for the hockey they, they kept putting up is in the British commentary. And it's yeah. hilarious. The guy, uh, Stamkos hit the post, and it was, Stamkos struck the rim. <laughs> like, whoa, <laughs> I haven't heard that term before. <laughs> it's pretty funny when you hear the... I guess I, I guess that's sort of the root of the uh, and that happened, isn't it? Wasn't it a British guy that mm-hmm. didn't yeah. have an idea what baseball was all about? Yep, good stuff. Right. Well, uh, you and uh, Greg just pulled up a tweet from uh, your friend Chris King. I'll let him read it to you. Yeah, I, was, I wanted to mention it before we we stopped. Uh, I wanted to actually talk about what we were talking about the Barreto trade, but uh, Chris King, when the trade happened, tweeted. Yeah, I saw this. He said, "Look, Jays fans, totally get it. Donaldson's a great player, but there's only three to five names I'm trading Barreto for, and Donaldson isn't one." I like Chris King just fine, but that tweet's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that Addison Russell got traded last year. Addison Russell's probably the fifth best prospect in baseball. And Josh Donaldson is better than Justin Marja, and he has more control. So, yeah. There you go. You said it right. I was going to add to that, but yeah. yeah. I mean, who, who, who are the three to five names? If, if Josh Donaldson is not one of them, yeah, Mike yeah. Trout, Mike Trout, Trout Stanton, yeah. and so know, the, Clayton, Clayton <laughs> Kershaw. Like, so Anthopoulos <laughs> is an idiot because he didn't get Mike Trout for Franklin Burr. <laughs> Fire him now. Hey, <laughs> down the road that might be the case. Uh, you never know. But according to Ward, Josh Donaldson has been the next best player in baseball over the last two years, Ooh. aside from Mike Trout. So that's pretty. I, d- I don't want to swear again, but that's pretty fucking good. Oh, sorry, my wife's calling. <laughs> Oh, we'll put it on pause. Yeah, I gotta go. Okay, <laughs> I think we're done anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We don't want to talk to you anymore, Ewan. Ewan, <laughs> you are our first repeat guest. Uh, 
great guy to have on. Thanks very much. Hopefully it'll be more regular when I'm back in town. So yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get you in studio Absolutely. so we can uh, we can call someone else. Maybe we can get you and Sherwin on at the same time. Then. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. yeah so follow uh, follow you and Ross up on on Twitter at Mentalk, M E N T O C H. Correct. And Blue Jays Plus podcast. You'll listen to that. Uh, for and BlueJaysPlus.com. Blue Jays Plus dot com. Uh, If you have any questions for me or Charlie, you can email us, yourvancs at gmail.com, or follow Charlie on Twitter at Charlie Kasky. I'm at Greg Ballack ST. So uh, thanks for for coming on, Ewan. Thank you very much, guys. I look forward to the rest of this offseason. Thanks, Ewan.